You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Friday all the way from the great Commonwealth. I think Pennsylvania is a Commonwealth. That's right. I'm up here in Pennsylvania working on my education. As I record this, I'm in Tampa, Florida, but let's not split hairs over that. In just a moment, we are going to get to the interview that has been teased all week and promised for four consecutive days with the head coach of Florida State men's lacrosse, Lou Albazi. In fact, it's such an awesome occasion to have Lou in here that I had to bring Drake on just to help me cut the intro. Drake, why don't you tell the people a thing or two about Big Lou Dog? Well, Big Lou Dog, as Max has been mentioning all week, was in our fraternity. He actually was my pledge brother. He actually it was kind of funny that he was like, I think, three or four years older than, you know, every single one of us there. And one of the big things that we all knew was Lou was he was great with lacrosse. And all that, he's an even better person. He's very, it's showed really with this interview. I have just finished editing it about a few hours ago. And you can just tell how much he cares about the sport, cares about these kids. And I've always known that about Lucas. Literally, he was probably one of the best people to talk to while we were pledging, you know, just like, you know, a young kid coming up from, you know, Aste or a different school or just a different area. And you see you in this interview, and I'm really, I'm stoked for you all to listen to it. And honestly, it's a, it's a great interview about lacrosse for people that don't know that much about it. Like, it, Max learned a few things or two. I learned some stuff, and I, and I worked in a big men's lacrosse program. So, um, you know, tune in and hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great interview. We'll get there in just a second. I just want to give some context. Um, if you know, you haven't followed FSU men's lacrosse, you should, it's a great thing to do during the spring, go check out their games. It is a club team, but I want to sort of frame what that means. You know, it's not a, it's not a club like a, you traditionally think of a club. There's a, a very specific reason that Florida state and many other major D one programs can't elevate any more men's sports to the scholarship giving sport level. Uh, it's unfortunate, but as we talk with Lou about, they, they play a in a league of 130 teams with major D1 schools like Florida. They go all across the country. They go out to California. I think they said they went to Utah one year, Georgia. Uh, they go all over the place. It's very serious, and Florida State is perennially one of the top programs. Mentions that several times, so I, I look, Lou's had success everywhere he coaches, but he's he's got no small task in front of him. However, I uh, I couldn't think of a better man for the job. So without further ado, let's head on over to Lou and myself. Max, take it away. Whoosh. But so when did, when does y'all so season funny. run? It's like a spring season typically. Yeah, it is a spring season. We if we make it all the way, we're like first week in May. Okay. So that's the national tournament, you know what was it two years ago last year was a bit of a damper as we all know but the year before that our national tournament was in utah which was awesome because so we were there for the week you know and super legit we went to park city did all that stuff there was still snow on the ground um so it was it was pretty awesome so making the tournaments the deal it's not a bad perk dude they uh were they no, able to no, do not it at all it was last year just like a full cancellation with covid and stuff or were y'all able to play a little bit or yeah, we we actually made it. I think it was at least six games or so we played. Okay. So we were we were getting ready to make a little run. Even you know, like nationally, we're in the top ten for the last you know five years. 
whether we finish there is a different story, but I mean, we're, we're pretty good. Like we stay in that realm for sure. There's a reason why they put us there. So, um, I mean, we're pretty good. I mean, not to brag. So. No, no, dude, we love bragging about Florida state sports being good. Hey, dude. Well, I think most people don't know. I mean, the reason I wanted to have you on here and talk to you is because it's, um, it's just cool. Like I really like using this platform a to, to bitch about football, but everyone does that. It's like, it's neat to talk about the other stuff going on in the Florida state realm. And, um, I want to go back like 10 years, if we can take a little journey together and talk about sort of how lacrosse has gotten to Florida. Cause you came from New York, right? Like till you were 10 or something, you were like, you kind of yeah, grew originally. up there. Yeah. So yeah. like in the North, everyone plays it. Now, when you got to Vero, how long had lacrosse been there? Was it popular in South Florida longer? Cause I don't think in North Florida, like we didn't get a team at my high school till like 2010. Right. Yeah. So that timeline, um, 10 years ago is actually when I first started coaching in the area here, which is kind of crazy, but Hold me on. being, I guess, a little bit older than our friend group is about early two thousands is when lacrosse was like coming a thing down there in, in the South area, at least of Florida near Vero and all that. So um, I would say, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to play youth lacrosse was the thing, you know, like for me growing up in the area. So it's like you hit ninth grade, you have a chance to play lacrosse. You're like, well, what is lacrosse anyway? So you typically yeah. back then it's like you play football and you hear about this because it's in the off season and you're like, all right, well, I get to hit people. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's turned it's turned into a finesse game since the the bigger football guys coming through. But um you know, it's still fun. So here, 2010, I mean, we were we were only a couple of years ahead of that even. Um, so I was lucky enough to be a part of the inception of the f- first lacrosse, like, travel program in Tallahassee okay. um, with Chuck Minner, uh, respectfully. So, and that's something that lasted almost 10 years, you know. Yeah. Was and that we're the possum? Tallahassee right? Terror. Uh, wasn't it, it was, was there a possum involved? Yeah, it, it, there was the possums before uh, Chuck veered off there and started the Tallahassee gotcha. Terror. So throwback to the possums, yes, for sure. Um, but even even that, it's like there wasn't much of an opportunity for the young kids. And when you're talking about sports and developing sports and like kids, you got to think about the eight to 12 year old, 14 year olds, you know. So yeah. for me, someone's like you get to ninth grade, you can play and you have promise. And, you know, it's like a little too late almost. And there's a college for everyone if you want to go play. Like, there's enough schools out there. But in terms of exposure, I mean, that's a completely different story, too. So not to get off topic, but 10 years ago when the terror started up, it's that was for the 8-year-olds and the 14-year-olds. And for the solid 10 years, we had guys going to play at the next level of legitimate schools. And it was cool to see that. You know, I started coaching with the terror. Then I got into the high school game at the private school in McLean town and then eventually moved over to Leon where I got my first head coaching job and, you know, did that for four years. So it's, it's developed um, into something pretty big. Now um, it took a little bit of a slight downward spiral to say, okay. Uh, because the, the terror, you know, it just, other things happen. It's not something that you can do forever, you know, and right. n- nobody had that ambition, I guess, to pick it up. And 
like I'm just telling you 150, like 200 kids, like yeah. a couple times a week, like that's pretty legit. So uh, it, it was not a small project, but you know, once it kind of fizzled out, a, a lot of the talent did too. And it was kind of, all right, you get to ninth grade and at yeah. least in the, in the public school aspect of it, the private school is a little different, but still. So, yeah, I mean, that's, if you don't catch kids early, it, I mean, sports, there's, there's a number of sports like that in the South and, you know, cause we start kids in football so young, like I wrestled in high school, same thing. I'd never really been on a wrestling mat till ninth grade. So like these kids in New Jersey, they start doing it when they're four. Well, yeah, they're exactly. going to be better. They've been doing it for 15 years. It's, it's second nature. So when you moved over to Leon, uh, I'm going to brag about you for a minute. Cause you did some awesome stuff over there. So you were two time, all big Ben coach of the year. Right. And then you, well, actually, coach- let me, yeah. So I was only one time, one time, man. only one time, uh, Who's counting? but yeah, <laughs> but Marco before me, um, another gotcha. coach, he, he got it the year before me. So, okay. You know, same thing. Cause we're on the same staff. It's like, you can't do it without your coaches. So yep. yeah, in theory it was too. That's if awesome, you think man. about it. So you're taking some, a team from the bottom to the top and like, it starts with seasons before that, you know, and you don't realize until you get to a certain spot and then you're soaking it all in, you know? Yeah. So no, it's awesome, man. Cause again, it's like going back to the experience thing, you know, if, if, if some of our listeners, if y'all grew up like, you know, in an area where lacrosse is hot, this it's hard to conceptualize what Lou and Marco were doing at Leon high school. Like, you know, a ninth grade coach at Ponte Vedra probably is teaching the kids, you know, here's the offense we're going to run. Here's the defense we're going to run. You guys in ninth grade are having to literally teach them like, here's how to throw a lacrosse ball. Here's how to get a ground ball. Like here's what's legal and illegal. So you, you're starting from square one with these kids. And I think uh, what, so your last year there, y'all went what 15 and five. Did I read that right? Y'all had like Leon's best season ever. And yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, then we really you went, did. you went from that season then to Florida state where you're, yeah, been for yeah. three years. Been there for four years now. Four. This was the fourth, our fourth season together. Uh, luckily, but um, you know, you get to a point, coach in high school, where, and not all parents are like this, but there is a good amount of parents that are living vicariously through their children, and like I totally get it, you know, but they make you out to like the life of a coach is so glamorous, you know, and like this and that. And it's like, guys, please. I like to go out there and I like to coach. Okay. I leave the politics out of it. I don't touch the money. Okay. So I just want to coach you guys handle the rest kind of. So I I got to a point, I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I, I at least need to take a break. And I'm talking, I've been coaching for nine years up until that point, I think. Um, and I was ready to take a break. I was ready to step away. And um, and then Darby got hired over at FSU and asked me if I wanted to come coach for him. And it was a no-brainer. Um, yeah. So it was like I was resurrected in a way. Um, <laughs> but before my last season, you know, the head coach prior, um, we won't talk much about that. Long story short, he didn't finish out the season, so he had to go. Um, okay. So I volunteered. I came in, you know, try to work on the culture a little bit, at least keep the boys um, like in a good space, you know, like right. if if, you know, coach and it's like you live in you you live and win in the locker room. Like that's the thing. 
Yeah. Like you certainly win in the locker room. If you don't have the locker room, you're not going to win games like X's and O's. In my opinion, people might not agree, but X's and O's is something that just comes with it. Like that's something you can learn, you yeah. know, but setting a culture, making a culture, like that's the hard part. So we were able to do that. And um, when I volunteered that first year before getting officially hired, I was there for six games and we still made it to our uh, conference finals, you know, awesome. after so many ups and downs for those guys. So to at least get there was an accomplishment. It was cool to be a part of it. And I knew right then, like I wanted to be a part of it. We were in Atlanta, we were traveling, like it's just a good time, you know, you're with the yeah. boys and everybody's cutting up, but you know, it, it's a business trip. So, I mean, that's like, that's to me, that is the dream. Like, so. dude, that's awesome. No, I mean, I think culture is like, I mean, that's what we're seeing. Even, I mean, you see it with our football team right now. You see it up to the professional level. You know, these guys, you can throw all the money you want at them, but if there's not good chemistry on the floor, on the court, on the field, whatever sport you're talking about, like, you're not going to have it. Hey, folks, sorry to interrupt. I, I hope y'all are enjoying the interview with Lou Dog. We'll be back with him in just a moment. But before we do, I want to let y'all know that when you finish this and you're like, hey, I need a little bit more sports in my life because who doesn't? Head on over to Locked On ACC. Uh, Drake is going to be making a co-hosting appearance with Candace Cooper. Uh, they're going to chop it up about all the things around the ACC, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of shade thrown Miami's way. And after you listen to that, that, that should give you a better idea of the lay of the land in the conference. And fortunately, betonline.ag has already released conference odds. So if you want to make a little money, go listen to Drake and Candace, Locked On ACC, and then head on over to betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On. You guys have heard it a hundred times before. You get your 50% welcome bonus. You throw it on the team you think is going to win the conference. And when you're, uh, your, I don't know, educated guess or whatever you want to call it comes true. You make some money and then you're going to be thanking me. So locked on ACC, betonline.ag. So you, so I guess then four years, so you just got to do your first freshman to senior class, right? Like full four yeah. years of those kids. What was the difference? Like, like talk a little bit about the difference when those kids were seniors versus like when you basically just got thrown to the wolves, you know, Hey, and they were let's, freshmen. let's try to rebuild this culture. Yeah. Like, like what was that like? And how, how does that make you feel as a coach, just seeing that growth over four years, then looking back and seeing three classes below them of kids that they've hammered the culture into. That's why you do it. Like plain and simple. Like that is why you do it is for the relationships. And like, it's, it's almost like a, a friendship, even though the age gap is real, but you know, that's how close we are. And that's the goal. Um, so to see those guys grow four or five years down the road now, fourth and fifth year seniors, they've just come a long, long way because I was, we just had our last game, obviously our season's over. We had our banquet. Um, we wished off about like 12 seniors and those were guys that I knew. It's like, it's, it's hard to say that you're more invested, but like spiritually, you really are like, because you've seen these young kids, 18 years old, like grow into men, you know? Right. And although we practice two hours every day, like I got to think like in those moments, like we're helping shape their mindset at least. Um, so to see them just grow into 
they're going to be citizens of the world soon. You know, college is over and um, I trust them. So I think that's why we do it. I mean, talent wise, it's like some of them didn't even play that year. Yeah. And in today's sports, again, my opinion, there's so much entitlement with with younger generations, if you will. Yep. Um, because not everybody's playing football and doing wrestling and, and doing these other sports that like kind of open up the gates for you and make you mentally tough. And like, yep. that's a real thing. Um, I'm getting a bit off topic, I think. <laughs> You're good, man. But, you um, talk like a coach. I love it. I like, yeah, I'm I just like kind of rambling. Let it go. Kind of rambling Dude, here. That's literally all we do 30 minutes a day. I ramble about whatever pops in our heads and uh, that's what our <laughs> listeners are used to. So no, I love it, man. Um, so like, but anyway, if I can expand on it, if we're, if we're yeah, chopping stuff out, um, you know, the entitlement is where I was going with it. It's like some of these kids come in freshmen and they think they're going to play. And it's like, well, to be on the team is a privilege. And right. like, if you get to contribute, like good for you, you know, but you got to put the work in and like those guys put the work in and they stuck it out for four years. And because of that, they were captains and they were starters, you know? So to see that, for them to buy in to the system and yep. like to trust the process, like, you know, you're doing something right. If you can get 18 and 20 year old kids to do that. So that's the coolest part about seeing the growth from when they were freshmen to graduating right now. Well, I imagine too, you know, when you talk about entitlement or egos, any kid you bring in is going to be a kid who was good enough to go play for, you know, again, one of the best club programs in the country. So they were probably one of the best at their high school and were used to being the man. And then they got to come in and you have to kind of explain to them like, Hey, everyone on this field was also the man in high school and they've been here three years. So like, you're going to have to, you know, you're gonna have to learn a thing or two for a minute. That's exactly right. It's like, it's almost like you talked to me right before we turned the camera on or something, because that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth of it. Seriously. Gosh. So then, so you're, your main focus, I'm interested in how this transition happened because you were a goalie, bit of a renowned goalie. What four, you guys were like four time district champs. I read your bio, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you had a great, you had what, like some, like a 76% save percentage or something like that, like something way up yeah, there. My senior year. So then, how did you end up being more of an offensive coordinator, offensive minded coach? Was it almost easier because you'd been seeing the game from in net, or did that, did it take a lot of work to kind of learn that side of the game? it's definitely taken work and like it's art. So the guys ahead of you, the older guys, like you learn from them and you take it and you make it your own. I think um, when I started really coaching in Tallahassee, the talent was not there. So like you physically have to coach, like right. you're screaming on the sideline coaching in games because like kids don't know what they're doing. So, so it's like, you're out there physically having to coach. And that means you have to learn and you have to be better than like you were as a player. Like if you don't go on and play college, like you got to educate yourself. And like, I'm, I'm a guy that watches film. I'm a guy that will read and look up drills. How can I apply it to the offense I want to run? So it's definitely this moment in my life is everything I've done is built up to it. And it hasn't come easy because I've had to learn from others and I've had to self-educate, but in terms of seeing it in the net, yeah, I mean, it's it's a game of triangle. It's a game of motion, you know, like we're we're, we're on a three-man triangle rotation, you know, so you, you got to see it um, kind of for what it is. You're, you're playing lines and guys are moving and it's flowing, um, similar to basketball. 
Yeah. So I like to do this when we have a more, you know, when it's not football or basketball, I like to actually kind of dig into like, you know, what's like, teach us a little bit about the sport. So walk me through what's going through your head as an offensive coach. Like what is, what are you trying to accomplish? Obviously scoring goals, but like, is it getting, you know, like two on one matchups? Is it getting fast? But like, I don't even know the right terms. Give me like a high level lacrosse for dummies. So, you know, just like hockey, just like basketball, there's fast breaks, you know, there's, there's very fast parts of the game. Um, but your mindset, like if you want to slow it down or you want to play fast, like that determines, in my opinion, from your personnel. Um, okay. And we make different game plans for different teams. We watch film, we break it down. We know what guys on their team will cover our guys. Like we kind of get a sense for that. So we try to game plan around the game and, Sometimes it's, you know, let's push the ball in transition, right? Yep. So if we, if our goalie makes a save, we want to get it out quick. All right. Let's push in transition. And like you said, let's try to get that 5v4. Let's try to get that 3v2 really quick. All right. Cause if we get going in transition, then we're set up in our fast break position here. So we got a guy playing point. So if, if I'm on a fast break, I'm coming down the field. We got 3v2. I'm banging it to the top. We're drawing that guy to us from the cage. Uh, that plays defense. And then I'm banging it to the guy down low and that extra defender who was right behind him is now sliding to that second pass. Well, guess who's open on the backside. And that's what we gotcha. want. Like if we could get those fast things, bang, 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 you know, shot for a one-on-one, -on -one, like we'll take that every single time. But, you know, sometimes you got to slow it down. Sometimes your defense plays, you know, several minutes, you know, two, three minutes and, they play amazing and you got to give them a break. So you try to just to possess it a little bit, work it around. Um, and then of course, different offenses for spacing, um, you know, so it all just depends. Hey folks, sorry. It's your boy again. I uh, just wanted to bring you a, a quick message and remind you that if your tummy's grumbling because you didn't have enough breakfast before you got out the door today, grab a built bar. If your stomach's not grumbling because you did have enough breakfast today, you could probably use some more protein to grab a built bar. And if you're thinking, what if I don't have any built bars? Well, then go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked15 to grab 15% off and make sure that you never have that problem again. Keep a box at work, keep a box at home, make sure to keep them away from anyone you may live with because they're delicious, they're tasty, they're full of protein, they're low on sugar and low on carbs. And they will get stolen by your roommates, wives, husbands, children, whoever's in your house. That's right. When you listen to this program, you get to hear about delicious built bars and get fed a healthy dose of paranoia about your own family members. Glad I could help, folks. Have a great weekend. Eat built bar. And remember, use promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We won't reminisce on football during a fun lacrosse yeah. interview, but. <laughs> Walk me through the team a little bit that, that you just coached and let's kind of look ahead to next year. What is sort of the identity of the Florida State men's lacrosse team that y'all try to play with? Uh, well, like most of our other sports, we're the bad boys, not self-proclaimed or anything like that. It just seems like, you know, everybody's out for us. Everybody wants a piece of us. And like, that's that's awesome. We we accept that challenge and we welcome it every single time. So um, we got to kind of, play up to that I mean we we're tough like we try to be tough and uh, when we play we're very physical so we try to concentrate on you know playing physical making them earn it um, with our defense you know 
make that opposing offense just really earn it. And um, our defense does a good job at that. Um, we like to force those out sh outside shots, pack it in. We got a little bit of size. Uh, actually got a local guy on our team uh, for the first time in a couple of years, which is cool. He plays defense. Hell yeah. uh, shout out Jonas. And, um, you know, just having big guys like that, that's what we try to focus on defensively. You know, force that outside shot. And then on offense, we like to work those isolations similar to basketball. You know, bang it, bang it. We encourage the second pass. Just like you said earlier, it's like, yeah, you're the best kid in high school. That's great. So was I, you know. Right. We all were, just like you're saying. So um, we try to just encourage that second pass, that pass, pass, dodge. Yep. is the mentality on offense pass pass dodge all right if it's not there you pass pass and you dodge again okay so the idea is you know bang it bang it find a good matchup attack that matchup everybody else get the hell out of the way excuse me no you're good and um and that's it keep the space we want to isolate we want that one-on-one -on -one matchup in lacrosse there's um actual defenders with six foot long poles so you want to stay away from those guys you know and then you got three other guys on defense with short sticks. So we try to find those matchups. And if we could get offensive players on the opposing team stuck on defense, we'll attack that every single time. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta observe what's going on and you gotta just take what they give you. And we try to do that and focus on that pretty much every single game. Um, watching film, breaking it down by what, what team we're playing, you know, we'll focus on what kind of offense we want to run. Typically a, what a base offense for us looks like. I'll go quick on it is a, yeah, a three time. one two you know so we've okay. got three guys up top one on so the remind me two sorry to cut you off so it's so it's there's yep. three attackers three defenders and there's three midfielders that can play on either side of the field right okay right. yep so you got to have including the goalie four guys are back all right gotcha. that's what if you got more guys over the line seven guys over that that's offsides so we don't like offsides Fair enough. That, that, and that, in our opinion, offsides mental errors. But yeah, it's a 10, 10 versus 10 game. There's a face off after every single goal. Those guys are going head to head with each other. You know, they put the ball down on the ground, their helmet to helmet, shoulder to shoulder. Like that's as close to wrestling, you know, it gets right there. And those guys yeah, just yeah. throw it out there. It's awesome to see when they go one on one. Like, because if you win the face off game, you win the game pretty much. If gotcha. you're picking up ground balls, like that's it. And we've had great teams where we couldn't face off or our guy couldn't get hot and we've lost games because of it. So um, that's just a little aspect of it. But, you know, offensively, we like to run, you know, three, one, two. And I was saying before we we rotate in triangles. So like those three guys up top, they would rotate in the triangle and then the attack that play from goal line extended and down, you know, they'll play in the triangle and rotate off crease, kind of like in basketball. Okay. You know, Phil Jackson's triangle offense, like that's a good way to picture it right there. So okay. what we do is we try to move into space and we want to shoot with the space, you know, and try to beat our defender and take what they give us. Like I was saying, we can go into a one for one, which, you know, a lot of the times we'll do situationally. If the clock is running down, typically you get a, you get 60 seconds on the offensive side after a clear. So, you know, the clock's running and, um, Okay. You can get a reset if you hit the goalie, if you hit the cage. Um, but if not, you know, you're, you're racing the clock, like, cause no matter what that it's ticking. So 60 seconds goes quick, you know, but we also don't want to want to force it, but that's what makes the game fast right there because you got to play within that 60 seconds. So 
Um, we get a two, three, one, and again, we base it all on a triangle. So there's a couple of different things we'll do, but you know, to get the base of it, um, that's a good offensive list for us in a game. You know, another cool aspect is you can go man down, you can serve penalties, you can serve locked in penalties like hockey. Um, so, you know, you can play, you could be 5v4, you could be okay. 4v3, you could be 4v2, um, you could be 4v2, you know? So I love the penalty box. Uh, it could get sketchy. It could get sketchy out there if you're uh, not executing. So that's what makes it fun though, you know? Um, you got to keep the bench in it and, and there's nothing more when you're man down, you know, stop, you know, you're playing five V six and you're stopping an offense with an extra guy. Like yeah. there's nothing more that's more rowdy than that. So that gets the boys humming. Yeah. I feel like it, maybe I'm stereotyping, but I feel like lacrosse is up there with, uh, with baseball and like, it has its own culture. Like it's got a, uh, it's got its own sort of language. It's got its own lingo, like very similar to hockey in that way too. Right. And like, so Absolutely. do y'all, where where's your bench typically on a one to 10? Like, do you like to keep them at a 10 or do you like to kind of rein them into like a six so they don't get too crazy or how, how do you control that during the game? You know, the bench is something that comes with pride because like I said, not, not everybody gets to play given, given the matchup, you know, yeah. like naturally that's just how it is in competitive sports sometimes. So, you know, you got to be in a good place mentally and you got to yeah. be prideful and like being the next guy up. So you're going to pout on the sideline or are you going to like get it up for your boys when they do something good, cool and good, you know, like, so if, if they're keeping the energy, like, you know, I'm focused on coaching, but we talk about energy all the time. It's like, keep that energy. Cause there's nothing yeah. that pisses off that other team more when you're rubbing it in their face and getting loose. So we do a good job at it, but you know, sometimes it gets flat, you know, some of the guys are just like, um, whatever, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, we can fix, but. You still have your, I like, uh, your, I, I remember back in, back in the Fidel house, you were always uh, very good at motivating the young ones when they needed some, uh, some motivation. Do you still, still got those skills? Are they a little more finely tuned with age? Like how are you yeah, still uh, the motivator? Def- like good for a good rousing <laughs> speech when they need it. And uh, maybe a couple, couple wind sprints when the speech doesn't work. Oh yeah. We're very conditioned uh, and we'll just keep it at that. Um, that's something we take very serious, but um, I, I, I tend to have my moments in there. You know, we, we prepare all week, so it's seldom where you got to kind of bring the boys back sometimes, but sometimes it's necessary. And like, they just got to hear it, even though they know it. Cause you know, you've played sports. It's like, if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody's going to yeah. believe in you. And that, and that's just it. So, you know, we try to just, try to get him back and in terms of the bench like keep it halfway always and you, if you want to take it to a 10 take it to a 10 i'm all for it because i love the energy i feed off of that you know is there any position yeah in i still that's i still like, got a few little talks in me good dude <laughs> i miss days. those talks i'm gonna I'm, when we, next time i get up to tallahassee which hopefully will be soon I need to get me one of those um yeah is, is there any position in lacrosse that is uh like a kicker in hockey or like a or I mean a kicker in football or like a goalie in hockey that's no like a little I don't want to say like head case, but like you know, requires a little extra motivation. Yeah, like are there any what positions like the lunatic where you kind of have to like, you know, be a little aware that you know there's you know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. No, but we we have a few specialty positions like that. And, and these guys are typically if we're stereotyping off their rocker. I mean, goalies and face-off <laughs> guys and like those guys are just gnarly. I mean, 
the, the mindset that you have to keep and like, you know, not being a head case, but also like, you gotta be an alpha male. Like, like I was telling you about the face off guy, like you're going head to head and if you're bending over and you're not ready to go, it's not going to be fun because those guys know what they're doing. So yeah, those guys are gnarly. We've actually had a kid this year, Chad, another local guy uh, who faced off for us and he was very good. He, he originally got offered to go play at JU, which is D1 down in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, uh, the Dolphins, I believe. And okay. uh, he ended up coming back going to Florida State, but uh, he faced off for us. The kid was great, but the most mellow, level-headed kid ever. It's like, go out there, absolutely battle, come off, like, not winded, and, okay, you know, what can we do better? It's like, whoa, that's, like, kind of scary, but you know, you love to see it. Yeah, no, that's not, that's not normal, man. That's, um, that is not normal. Uh, and those are the scary ones. The quiet ones are the ones you have to worry about. It's never the, the I mean, you know, every now and then you've got your like Jalen Ramsey's are just super loud and they're lunatics, but typically it's the, it's the silent assassin that'll get you. So you said you have a couple local kids. Yeah, you gotta watch out for those guys. I'm curious, how does lacrosse, uh, recruiting, kind of work and then you know because again y'all are one of the major programs but at the club level like do y'all do a lot of outward recruiting do kids typically come to you how how do you get kids from high school onto your field freshman year so you know believe it or not the brand itself is and you know granted our football team is not where it used to be but you know kids want to go to florida state and they want to experience the college football like lifestyle and who doesn't i mean so in in terms of that it really recruits itself some of these guys who are awesome that go to ponte vedra we got a couple kids from new jersey kid from maryland you know those are like prominent states right there where you know good lacrosse players are coming out of and um we've seen their resume they get d1 offers they get d2 offers like they could go play not that you know, I, I think the goal is like, you want to play D1, right? Like if right. you're, if you're working for it, but you could be, you could have played like year round and like, you want to have a good time. Well, Florida state's the place for that. So, um, so kids will send their film in freshmen. Another thing you see is like I was describing to Chad, it's like you go somewhere and you play for two seasons at a D1 place. And, you know, you could be in Kentucky, you could be in like, Wisconsin like do you love it there like seriously do you love those places and maybe you do but you come from Florida you know it's it's a bit of a shock so a lot of these guys just come back home and like what better college to go to in in Florida than Florida State there isn't seriously all all bias aside so um, you know it does recruit itself and we do get those transfers and that's what keeps us in the top 10 it's just having that talent constantly come in. We lost 12 seniors, great guys. And um, we got some guys that are coming in and they're going to step up, you know, and that's what makes it fun. Perfect. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's, that's look, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm talking bad about my alma mater or anyone that goes there, but like, you know, Florida state has a certain brand and you know, that's uh, it's an attractive brand. You know, I, I worry these days it's like, I love that we are getting good at academics. Like it's, it's, it's cool to watch my diploma that I didn't earn when we were a good school, like get more valuable because the smart kids right. don't go there, but it's, it's also like, up. 
you know, I don't, you know, you don't want that experience to completely go away. I mean, we don't have to get into all that right now, but it's good to hear that, you know, kids still appreciate that brand of Florida state, because again, I love that like kids want to go there for academics. That's awesome. But it makes me feel a little warm inside to know, like, you know, college Ave is still a major recruiting tool of Florida state. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not that I was not that yeah. I was there very often, you know, we, I, I'd stop yeah, by either only a couple of times. You know, Every there's, now there's and then just to check on the, the place. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make sure the lights were still on. Yeah. Had to, well, you know, standard um, had to make sure it was still standing after some nights, you know, just, absolutely. Just on everyone. absolutely. Keep the boys in line. I guess, know? um, I guess I could, uh, I could touch a little bit like on our league because there's probably yeah. people out there like wondering, like, yes, you know, Florida state is a massive university. Like does it get any more legitimate than that? Right. Yeah, walk me through the setup. Like, how does it, all of it? Just give me the, yeah. give me the rundown. Yeah. So, you know, we we are a club, essentially, a very competitive club. And we are governed under the MCLA, which is similar to the NCAA. And gotcha. um, so there's about 120, 150 teams that participate in the MCLA that, you know, we're not given scholarships. And, you know, you can recruit, but, you know, we're not recruiting like that. It's, you know, you kind of take what, what you got, you know, yep. from the bundle type deal for a lot of these schools. And, you know, it's been going on for a long time, like since before the 80s, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, there's some legacy behind it, which is encouraging. Um, so it's a bit different. It's some of these schools were, were a bigger school. Um, we, we, we probably require more dues than some of the smaller ones. Cause we take it serious. We want to go to Denver. We want to go to California. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to travel. We want to do this fun stuff, like make it an experience. So we only, we play the best teams like in the U S that's our goal. And, and again, that's why we stay in that top 10 range because we travel to California. We travel to, you know, Denver and all these places. And we play the best teams on every coast because that's what makes it legitimate in my opinion. So um, we're not recruiting, but that's a whole different aspect um, yeah. of sports. So, and we know how the NCAA is so very competitive and there's a lot of teams in it. So we have a national tournament, we have a conference tournament. It's designed exactly how it would be under any NCAA team. Sure. Um, but you know, it's going to take a lot to go D1 and, and the school talks about that, but that's always just talk, you know, it's like, unless somebody's going to donate $2 million that I want to have a men's lacrosse team here is right. $2 million. Well, you know, first title nine's got to be aligned and then, you know, there you go, you can start a program. So it's uh, they talk about it. It's been talked about it's surface, but it's been, it's been talked about for a long time. Let's face it. Um, right. Would it be cool? Heck yeah. It'd be, it'd be super cool, but you know, we're, we're content. We got no control over the situation. I get to coach competitively at the highest level I've ever competed at as yep. a player or coach. And like, to me, I take, I got a lot of pride in that, you know, like I've been coaching over 11 years now. Uh, I'm coaching for Florida state. Like it could be, it could be in across the world. It doesn't matter. Like I have so much pride invested into Florida state. Like it doesn't matter where we are. Like, I'm always going to strive to win. And like, that's the, that's our culture. Like you play to win the game. So. Absolutely, man. I mean, look, it's 
Florida State is not a it's it's not a brand. I mean, I'm sure our, our listeners would agree. It's kind of like a cult. I mean, it is. There's just a certain level of like, you know, lacrosse is legit. Whether it's whether it's NCAA, I mean, club level, like you just said, you got 120 teams. That's the same as the FBS and football. Um, so it's a huge league. But like, honestly, it could be Pinewood Derby racing, and like, I would still feel a little swagger being like, all right, but it's Florida State's Pinewood Derby team. You know, we're gonna we're gonna obliterate everyone else do y'all have so i'm curious and i know we're hitting the 30 minute mark so i promise i'll let you leave soon but do the other in-state rivals miami uf uh, i actually saw a kid in the gym today with a uf lacrosse shirt on i was like that's a sign are they also in y'all same league or do they play in something different they're in our same league um so there's a lot of major universities that fall into that realm it's like you know you got the gamecocks you got the gators you got Michigan actually was in the MCLA for many years and they were one of the most recent teams to go division one, like several years back. And like, you know, you see it happen, like it's possible. Um, so it's cool to see. And, and then you got teams like Liberty who have a contract with ESPN and they play on ESPN three every huh. other week or whatever. Like, like Hugh freezes like, Liberty, the, the one in Virginia, just like, yeah. Liberty flames. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like that kind of stuff exists and that's in our league and like, that's what makes it legitimate. So, um, you know, coaches are held to a standard with, with the league itself. And like, if you don't comply and you don't hold your word, like, well, there's going to sanctions come down on you and that's just how it is. Like, yeah. yeah. So we mean business. Dude, that's awesome, man. Well, I don't want to hold you too much longer. I appreciate you sitting down with me on a Wednesday night, folks. We were filming this on Cinco de Mayo. So Lou and I are both, uh, there was a time seven or eight years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation at 845 at night sitting in our bedrooms, but uh, you know, life takes twists and turns. So I pulled this up because I just find this kind of stuff funny to ask you questions about your sport. So I've got a quiz of lacrosse lingo. I'm going to start with two or three easy ones. And then we got some more, uh, it shows me the percentage of people that get this correct. So I'm curious, like, you know, as a coach, Getting a little older, how in touch you are with what the kids are saying. Oh, man. How, uh, what's the percentage there? So this top one, all right. We got, we got, we got a 62.4% got this right. What is uh, a greaser? Okay. That is a slimy ball that has no grip. Bingo. All right. Let's go down a little bit. What is a, oh, a Braveheart. That sounds fun. Braveheart is, oh, man. I haven't heard Braveheart in a while. That's more of a uh, summer, summer league. Um, it's like a Rochambeau. It's like the game's okay. tied at the end. And uh, okay, we're gonna go Braveheart. So you got your goalies, you got two guys facing off, and this is this comes from my time. Like I used to love this, and it's one on one. And then you got both goalies in the net, and that is a Braveheart. You're going head to head. First goal wins. It's like a sudden death, and. I've literally seen guys go up and down, up and down, up and down, and you can't sub off. Dude, that's awesome. Off, which is, yeah, it's awesome. Well, I learned something new and something I want to do. All right, last one. This is the uh, this is the least correctly answered one. No, I, yeah, yeah, this is the least one. Okay. What does the term kayak mean? Kayak. Yeah, it says kayak. Oh, boy kayak uh i'm gonna have to take a stab here does it mean uh go to the cage apparently kayak? it means hitting someone in the throat with your stick 
giving them a cross check to okay. the throat. So uh, give me give me a preview of next year. When do y'all start practice? When do you start games? And for people that, that may not have known, like obviously Florida State had a great lacrosse team. Where can people find out more info about y'all, find out when games are coming up and stuff like that? So we got, um, let me go ahead and pull my credentials up here. Let's see. So we have a Florida State Twitter. That's at FSU Lacrosse. And, and then we, uh, we have a website. Obviously, we're on the Florida State University page. You, you can find our uh, sports page within the actual website. We are at FSU Men's Lacrosse on Instagram, and we have a fan group for anybody that wants to join. We host, um, you know, our games, we'll stream them, and there we usually have some commentators, which is pretty cool. Um, we're on Facebook at Florida State Lacrosse. Um, now with the Instagram, do y'all, uh, is it just like tasteful photos, or do y'all do, do a calendar each year too? Like, you know, the Instagram, does that get a, does that get a little steamy for the boys um, or the girls? I mean, I guess it could. Just saying a fundraiser but, idea, uh, man. You, you should do a calendar, just like the 12 months of Lou. Just I agree. cross I mean, calendar. I mean, that thing would sell out in a heartbeat. I, might, I may or may not have mentioned that before. And um, <laughs> if we're talking fundraising here, I mean, let's face it, it'd be a moneymaker. Um, but we also have just a website that's fsulacrosse.com. So that's where you can find our schedule, everything that's going on, any updates, any news. Um, I might be leaving a question out here. Did I miss something? Uh, yeah. As, when's this? So it's a spring sport. So season starts. When does it usually oh, start? Okay. Like February, yeah. March? Right. No. So we're we're up and going by uh, at first or second week of January. We're starting our fall season. Okay. Our fall season. You know, we're, we're putting our offense in. We're putting our defense in. Like the base of it. Uh, we got 80 guys that come out and play in the fall typically. So we hold the 50 man roster in the spring. Okay. Um, so we're pretty much, you know, from January to February, we're, you know, we're going, we're practicing twice a week, at least in the fall. <clears throat> and then we transition right into spring. And then, like I said, that goes all the way through April. And then if we're lucky enough, we'll hit that national tournament in May. So uh, we got a bit of a break here, but once we get going, it'll be fun. Awesome, man. Well, folks, go check out some lacrosse. I actually did have the privilege of watching uh, Kigan and those guys a couple times. And, you know, it's exciting, man. Y'all, uh, you know, look, in the spring, you got to find ways to amuse yourself. You can sit in the courtyard all day or your dorm room or whatever, or you can go watch some, you know, people knock the shit out of each other and Florida State dominate other schools. Like, the choice is simple. The choice is easy. Lou, dude, it's been great catching up with you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for uh, – Teaching sure. me, I hope our listeners, some of them are as uneducated as I am and actually learned something. If you guys already knew the basics of lacrosse, I'm sorry that was for me, not for you, but that's how it works. So thanks, Lou. We appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. I, I wish I wish uh, Drake was here. I wish Tally I Drake was here, man. Dude, he he we're gonna have to he's, uh, a, he's a big man. Man with there. The, oh, absolutely. Hey y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode featuring the head coach of the FSU men's lacrosse team, Lou Albazy. Lou Dog, I am so sorry I wasn't able to make it for that time. I promise you I will make it up to you. I'll be back in the Florida area very, very soon. Now, for the rest of y'all, please, if you can, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. For Max and Lou, I'm Drake. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Seminoles.